What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Trap Podcast. I am your host, Bill Botch. It is September 26th at 8 o'clock, and the Devils have had their first preseason games of the summer. Devils hockey is officially back, so that was super exciting to watch last night. We have a bunch to go over. We have uh, the Pickle, my dad, Bill Sr., in the building, and we have uh, a special guest, friend of the podcast, my buddy Kyle Marcel from Tom's River, who is uh, going to be joining us on the podcast today. What is going on, Kyle? Welcome to The Trap. It is, uh, it's good to have you on, pal. Well, I'm very, very excited about it. Very, very <laughs> excited about it. Avid listener. Um, every episode that comes out, you know me, I'm sending you screenshots. I'm looking, listening right away. So happy to be here for sure. All right. Well, let, let's get let's get right into it. So first thing is first, how does it feel to be a season ticket holder for the Devils? <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, uh, it's just it's ridiculous. Um, I had uh, half season tickets in two thousand, I think seventeen or sixteen. It was. I did the half season thing. Uh, I've never been a full season ticket holder, but um, first time for everything and. Um, I'll tell you what, the open house was a little bit of a, a sh, you know, a shiesty event for sure. It was it was not run that well, but it didn't matter because I was, I would have bought them from anybody, to be honest with you. So, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have to sell me much, but um, I did call you up after, <laughs> after I got my tickets and I'm like, dude, I'm like, my rep didn't give me anything. And you're like, you got to go back and ask for something. And then I did. <laughs> they threw in like Jack Hughes sticks and free parking and all this stuff. So I'm actually glad that I called you about that. Um, cause that really helped out a lot. Yeah. I mean, definitely the, uh, the air is a little bit fresher and, uh, your food is a little bit sweeter when you, when you wake up and you have a full season of, it's like 41 games of devil's games ahead of you moving forward. It's like, it's gluttonous. Don't yeah. get me wrong. And yeah. it's, it's, uh, and you know, there may be a time where we're, you know, you're sleeping in my basement or I'm sleeping in your basement <laughs> at some point <laughs> in the future I'm because sure I'm, sure, be I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure our ladies don't appreciate it but um oh, no. it is it is awesome to have a full season of devils hockey to look forward to. I mean, I always feel like in the beginning, even football season, you're like this is awesome like I have the whole I have the whole season ahead of me, you know what I mean? Like so oh, yeah. um it's been it's really cool. Now I, I think I have this right, and I'm going to feel really stupid if I don't, but did you tell me that you went to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup I did. in 2003? I did, and I was at oh, Game you gotta, 7. You got you to gotta, you bring that up real quick. Go ahead. So, well, actually, it's funny that you, um, that you bring it up because the last couple episodes you guys had, you were telling all these, you know, your favorite hockey stories, and your, you, know, you remember wins of the Devil Games, which I really enjoyed. And I'm thinking there, I'm like, well, dude, I got one that's pretty sick. I wonder if he's going to ask me about, you know, uh, about Game 7 because yeah. you have a good memory there. So, um, yeah, I went there with my father, uh, my brother, and my brother-in-law. And um, the best, I mean, this is, <laughs> it's, it's so insane when I still think about it. It's burnt, the image is burned in my head, right? So, you know, we were in the, uh, you know, the upper deck, uh, it's all we could afford for game seven. So it was the four of us. Um, 
And I remember they were going to bring the cup out. There's like a minute left. We're up. There's no way we're losing. Um, they're doing the uh, they're doing the countdown, right? So there was this guy that was hammered behind us, and he was with his kid who was probably like I want to say like nine or ten. And um, there, everybody's the, the energy is insane. Everybody's freaking out, right? And then the countdown starts. It's ten, nine, eight, right? We're all like, yeah, we can't wait. <laughs> and then they go three, two, one, and we're like, yeah. I'm like high five my dad i'm tears are running down my face you know you want to turn to the people behind you want to just hug everybody right. <laughs> and i look at the guy behind me and he had a full beer right and he's like yeah he's got the full beer in his left hand and he just takes it and he just dumps it the full beer over his nine-year-old <laughs> son's head <laughs> his son is like, went from like this joyous moment to like what is going on he didn't even know what was going on and his dad just did it out of excitement but it was also like this like super trashy thing but you just loved it for in the you know moment and uh yeah, just, he didn't have any oh champagne. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's the most. That's the most Jersey Stanley Cup celebration ever. <laughs> just sure. beer, like a twenty-four ounce, right over his son's head, and it was just insane. But that's uh, so funny. But yeah, that's, that's great. Um, you know, I've been to a lot of a lot of different games. You know, throughout my fandom, I was there when we lost the Carolina. You know, Game Seven. Who you know? I guess we can never seem to beat these days. But um, I've been to a lot of good ones. You know, I was at uh, I was at when we played the Rangers in what is it ninety four? Um, when we played the Rangers in ninety four, and um, they had all those signs in the uh, in the stands. We believe, we believe. I think it was either game yeah. six, or seven, right? Um, yeah. And the funny the funny thing is is. So we go to that game. It was actually just me and my father that went to that game. And I was I was young. My dad's a tall guy. He's like 6'5". So we go to that game. Devils lose to the Rangers. Uh, next season, we go to the, you know, we go to like the opener. We always get a program, of course, because, you know, you want to get the program. Maybe you'll be that right. lucky person that gets the program and you can go shoot on the ice. Never happened to me, but we'd always get the program. So we get the program, go to the game, opener next. I, I forget who it was against that year, but... I come home, right? Next day, I'm on the toilet, literally taking a crap, looking at the game <laughs> program from the previous night. And I see there's a picture of that game was in the program, right? Our section with the signs that say, we believe. And there's my dad, like just Amazon. Oh, no way. <laughs> and they use that picture for every program for the rest of the season, you know? So oh, that wow, that's cool. Program. So that was pretty cool. So I have a bunch of those at my house too. But, uh, but yeah, been a we fan went, for a long time. Yeah, yeah we, we were at um... – we did game six of the Eastern Conference Finals when they beat the Rangers and the Henrique's goal. Um, That's a good one. That sent them to the Stanley Cup. And then we did the home opener of 1996. So when they raised the Stanley Cup banner, right. um, their first Stanley Cup banner, and they brought the cup out. And then do you know Joe Walcheson by any chance? No, he went to high school north. Um, okay, but he was probably a year or two younger than you. Uh, we went up in 2000, he was like 16, and I was 18. And we drove up to the Meadowlands and I scalped a ticket. We ended up literally, we got the last row at Brendan Byrne or Continental Airlines, whatever they were calling it at the time. Mm. And uh, 
they had like a walkway up top so we could actually stand up yeah, there the whole that. time yeah. and uh they they scored like i think six or seven on eddie belfort and ken danico had a goal and it, it was oh, yeah. it was really cool and like i tell you what i'm like looking at this team now this is one of the most talented teams the devils have ever had on paper so i mean whether or not we're able to put everything together that's a whole different story but um you have to be impressed with this roster that Tom Fitzgerald has been able to put together. And last night was the first time that we got to see a look at them. And it was obviously a split roster. Um, and we can go over what we'll do is we'll go over each game. I don't know if I know dad, I know I sent you a link to, and I sent both of you guys actually links to the uh, Montreal game. It, it was it was pretty hard to watch two games at the same time and pay, and like yeah, really get almost impossible <laughs> and really get a good and get get a good idea. Um, Besides I, the fact that the Montreal game was in French, right? Yeah, but was. We, I was just watching. I, I try. I mean, I tried to watch both at the same time. I did as good of a job as I could. Um, and then like it was funny because Age was like, "All right, the, you know, it's time for the kids to go to bed." I'm like, "No, both staying up." And she's like. <laughs> Phil, it's preseason hockey in French. She's like, he's he's got to go to bed. He's got school tomorrow. I'm like, you're teaching him a foreign language. That's a I'm good thing. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, his name is Bo. He understands what's going on. Wait, like, wait, you know yeah. what I mean? So, um, so yeah, let's uh, let's hop right into it. First of all, um, big shout out Corey Schneider who announced his retirement yeah, today, and yeah. uh, Corey Schneider obviously was traded to the Vancouver. Traded from the Vancouver Canucks um, from to the Devils at the draft in Newark of all places. They had uh, the draft at the Prudential, Prudential Center, and um, Vancouver ended up drafting Bo Horvat with that pick, who went on to become um, their captain and is now playing for the New York Islanders. But Corey Schneider was one of the best goaltenders in the league for a while there, and the Devils really weren't able to put a team around him. I mean, he was, used to stand on his head, and obviously towards the end of his career, he really broke down. He had, like, I believe it was hip surgery, and um, he was a guy that always handled himself like a pro despite, you know, kind of struggling towards the end, and a lot of people are going to remember his legacy as someone who never won a cup or he was always on teams that really never made it anywhere and I, you know, it's not really his fault. The Devils, Lou Lamorello, especially, uh, really kind of shit the bed as far as putting a team around him. But either way, um, I'm, I'm happy for for Corey Schneider, and I, w- I wish him the best uh, on behalf of all the Devils fans. So uh, we'll get into the flyer, the Devils flyer game to begin with. Um, you know, the Devils jumped out to this crazy lead right away. It was a total blowout, and I think. It, you know, being that it was a preseason game, you would almost would have liked to have seen it be a little more competitive so that some of the guys look like they had packed their bags up and they were kind of going through the motions. You want to see some of these younger guys who were trying to make an impression and whatnot. And when you have a blowout like that, it kind of just doesn't lend itself to getting a good visual on on what you're working with. Obviously, the Flyers are a very depleted team to begin with. To think of them putting out a roster with half of their starters, I mean, you're talking about a team that has some serious lack of depth. Um, So you expected us to kind of have our way with them, but it got out of control really quick. Um, 
and and we'll get into some of these players. Kyle, you know, you, you watch the game. Dad, you watch the game. I'll start with you, Kyle. Is there anybody that you were looking forward to seeing the most? Is there somebody that you had your eye on the most going into this game? And um, and if so, what would you think? Well, I mean, of course, probably I'd have the same answer as maybe half the fan base in, in Holtz. You know, you want to see the kid, you know, do well. Uh, as you guys have stated on the pod before, um, and everybody knows, it's kind of like do or die for him. So um, you want to see him come out and make a statement, which he did. I thought he looked uh, thought he looked solid out there. He looked pretty fast, um, faster than um, I've seen him before. So he was uh, one of the guys that I was concentrating on for sure, you know, that I was excited to see um, do well. What about you, Dad? Yeah, I was happy to see him score. Um, you know, it was, you know, I didn't think that um, – I didn't think he stood out because that whole line just stood out as a group. Um, I really like Kevin Ball's play. Well, here – Kevin- Okay, let's let's touch on we'll touch on Holtz real quick, and then we'll jump into into the other players in the game too. Okay, because I I kind of want to speak on Holtz as well. So I mean, what you have any other thoughts on Holtz besides? No, I thought that he positionally he played pretty good. He was fast. He he you know he was he played as good as anybody else out there. Um, I thought he looked pretty good. I thought the biggest thing that I took away from Holtz last night was Lindy Ruff complimenting him once again after the game. And to me, I mean, I think Ruff has been Holtz's biggest critic, and we need to get Lindy Ruff on the on the Alex Holtz bandwagon because sure. without the coach's blessing and in the and, and in Lindy's good graces, we're never going to see the kid regardless and know what we have out of him. So. Um, last night, Hallinan did get hurt, and then Lindy went on to double shift Holtz throughout the game, and Holtz br- and uh, Lin- and Lindy brought up in the in the post game that he was really impressed and happy with the back check of Holtz throughout the game. So he definitely seems to be playing a little more um, defensively, and now that's the second praise that we've heard out of out of Ruff's mouth in the past week about Holtz's progression. He does, you know. To say he looked faster, I would agree. But to me, I think like when you th- when you're talking about speed with Holtz, I-, I think it's like decision making. And I think if he's able to make quick decisions, his feet will get him to where he needs to go. Um, it's just about you know knowing where to be and knowing when to break on a puck or when to start you know moving up ice. Um, I think it's I think a lot of it is between the ears. I was listening to a podcast today. And um, they had some takes. One was that Holtz looked bigger and thicker. And to me, I thought he actually looked leaner, to be honest with you. I actually, I mean, he's always been a big kid. He looks like he's, like, built to play against the wall. I thought that he came in and looked leaner than normal. And um, and I think that's good, for obviously, for someone that's trying to work on their speed their speed game. I agree. Um yeah, Dad, you you talk, you you wanted to bring up uh, Kevin Ball, which we could jump right into him. Um, go ahead, why don't you give us your your Kevin well, he Ball? He was just one of the guys that I really wanted to see play. I wanted to see how he progressed over the summer. <clears throat> he wound up, you know, through the playoffs. I think that that he was growing and growing and growing with confidence, and it definitely looked like it carried over. He was jumping up in the play. He looked super fast making good decisions, um, had a couple shots on net. 
I thought he looked pretty good. I was I was happy to see him play that well. Yeah, played I much thought better than Smith. Yeah, I thought I thought Ball played great. I mean, once again, he is somebody that it seems like has worked on their skating and their skating has progressed like you know, if you look at the way that Ball skated at the beginning of last year to the way that he was skating last night, his edge work especially, it looks it's night and day like so um, I think we all would have been happy if Ball could have maintained the type of play that he was at last year coming down the stretch and into the playoffs. Is he, if he's able to take one more step forward and he's able to get his skating and use his edge work a little bit better, and I think a big thing that I'm looking forward to with Kevin Ball is he's going to need to kill penalties. And that's something that's going to – he's really going to have to – take a step up because obviously Graves was huge on the penalty kill. You could say what you want about him, but the guy played a ton of penalty kill minutes. Um, And Severson even played on the PK as well. So I think ball is going to have a huge role when it comes to killing penalties. And you also saw him throw throw the body last night. He, he took somebody out in the slot. And that's something that I think as you kind of, start to become a little more of a veteran player. You feel a little more comfortable taking risks by putting yourself out there, throwing a check. But um, Kyle, what, what was your, what, what are your thoughts on Kevin ball going into this season and what you saw from him last night? Um, probably the same, uh, same as you. I really want to see him kill penalties. I think he's going to be instrumental in, uh, in doing that this season. You know, uh, last season uh, in the playoffs, he was doing that a little bit, but uh, not to what we probably would like to see production-wise. Um, so I really want to see him break out as you know the lead penalty killer on the team, especially since he's so big. You know, just want to see him throw around his size. One of the things that I would complain about as a fan is um, you know we have all these guys and they're big dudes. You know, we got a lot of guys that are over six foot on the team, but. You know, they don't play like um, maybe some of the old school guys that we might know, you know, Peluso, you know, Danico and Stevens and these guys. We don't have, you know, defenders like that. Um, even uh, our forwards, we want to see them play with a little bit of grit. That's why it was great when Timo came over. So, yeah, I mean, I just want to see him throw his size around a lot more. He did. He did start. I I thought that as his confidence grew last year in the playoffs, he did start throwing it around. Um he, that he is that's his game i mean when he was in utica they they were selling wrecking ball shirts up there because he that is who he is and i think you know transitioning into the nhl he's going to be nervous doesn't want to make a mistake every time you throw your body at somebody you know you run the risk of missing them and giving up a big play and he wasn't doing it in the beginning of the year but he did he did do it more towards the end of the year he also can be a guy that can protect our players to where not even just like go after somebody if they try to throw a big hit, which I think needs to be done anyway. We saw the way that, you know, the Florida Panthers went after Nico Heischer last year and teams went after Nico over and over and nobody really did anything about it. But also, like, I, I think it, it'll it be nice to have somebody that can maybe get in front of the net and clear the front of the net after a whistle. You know what I mean? When someone's just trying to get under your skin, they're trying to get into your goalie's head and to have somebody that's the size of ball in there who has the mean streak that he has, you know, there's been interviews with his previous coaches where they've said, Kevin ball is not messing around. Like this guy is very serious 
and you could tell it looks like he he takes the game extremely serious. So I think you know as he gets more comfortable and as he gets older, he's only going to progress and, and become more of a of a factor on on the back end. We're going to need him to. I mean, he's going to be a very important part of the puzzle next year. Um, because our back end is going to be young and we can, we can talk about Luke Hughes and, you know, Luke Hughes didn't play last night. He's held out for precautionary reasons. They're saying that there was no setback or anything and they had planned on him not playing. And one of the things that Luke Hughes has that is, is going to be so different that we haven't seen from a devil's defenseman in a very long time is he has the ability to skate the puck down the ice. And that's like something we have, you know, Damon Severson had like this amazing stretch pass and Dougie Hamilton is a guy who he can, he can skate with the puck, but for the most part, he's most effective when we have the puck in the offensive zone, he's able to get shots through on net and he likes getting, you know, he likes shooting it, it to have a, to have a defenseman that has some serious wheels on him that could just take off like a high skin in or like a Kel McCarr um, or a Scott Niedemeyer really adds another dimension to our back end that we haven't seen in a long time to see a defenseman that I feel like if you win a face off, he's got the, he's got that start. He's got that like start to 60 mile an hour bolt down the ice. He's going to be able to do that pretty quick. And and I think it just adds a, a totally different dimension that we're not used to. It's like, so I'd really hope I'd like to see him on Thursday play in the Ranger game. I think we saw how he he only played in a handful of games last year and you saw how much better he went from just the beginning of a game to the end of the game versus like Carolina for instance or, or if you were to give him as many games as possible at the beginning of the year, October is the easiest month of hockey that there is. Teams are still trying to find their bearings and stuff. Let him get some of that rust off, get comfortable, and then find his game early on in the season. So I, I, I'm hoping that everything is okay with Hughes. Um, and I'd like to see him on, on Thursday. What do you, what was the last like puck rushing defenseman that we've had? <laughs> He skates. He does skate like Niedermeyer. He has very deceiving speed. And you could see him just blowing by people like they're standing still. And, you know, the great skaters look like it's effortless, just like Jack Hughes, you know, puck handling and moving through the crowd. The last guy we had was probably Niedermeyer that could do that. I and I think that is going to make a big difference. Yeah, that's like 20-something years ago. It I is. Mean, that's and, a long and, time. And just like Kyle was saying, um, you know, the old time, we're, we're never going to see the old time, you know, Danico and Peluso, you said, and Stevens, because the game has changed so much. Right. But I think Ball does play a very physical game when he does settle into his game. And he gets comfortable being, you know, not worrying about his roster spot. Right. So we may be seeing some old-time Devils playing. It was a glorious time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, uh, you know, we don't know what the lineup is going to look like for Thursday night. So, uh, but I'm assuming they said that there's really not a problem with Hughes. But um, you got to know what his injury is. I do not. And, no, they're just and, playing lower body, and it was you know uh, pre pre camp. 
They said it was a lower body injury. They did say lower body, but okay. it's nothing serious. They're saying, right. but he's skating. So, um, we can get into. Let's stay in the Philadelphia game. One of the guys that really stood out to me. Um, first of all, I think the best player on the ice was Jesper Bratt. Uh, Jesper Bratt was everywhere. If you look at the underlying stats, he he dominated the game. Um, those those two assists that he had were beautiful. He played with edge work. He played with speed. He had vision. The thought of him and Jack Hughes playing together, I mean, I get it. How they were playing. They be? were playing the Flyers <laughs> last night, but it was like holy crap. Um, I'm I'm pretty excited uh, to see what Jesper Bratt. And, you know, I like all the stuff that he said. I like the stuff that he brought up during the interview with Elliot Friedman about his contract. And I liked how during the training camp he said, you know, we're ready to win right now. And he's saying all the right things. And he's, he seems like he's – what's good about this whole situation and having all of our players locked up is everybody is, has to buy into the team at this point. Nobody's out there looking to hopefully I – I still need to get paid. I got to get my numbers right Everybody's out there to buy into the team. It lends itself to having two power plays instead of front-loading our first power play. Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts on on what you saw from Jesper Bratt last night, and where do you see um, where do you see him and Hughes doing in the future? Uh, total domination from Bratt, uh, as expected. I'm a huge Bratt fan. Always have been. Um, a lot of people, I, I, I think, we're kind of. You know, thinking maybe his season was a fluke, you know, the first good season that he had. Um, I, I don't think so at all. I think he's uh, he's a fantastic player. He's got a lot of speed and he's not afraid to, um, you know, to show showcase a lot of the skill that he has. You know, I'll see him, you know, skate up and down the ice and he'll do some moves that, you know, maybe are a little unorthodox, you know, or he'll, he'll you know, he'll try to be a little bit more fancy than some of the other players. And I kind of like that about him. Um, this season, I think uh, he's going to be a dominating factor for the team. I think him and Hughes is a scary thought, especially it's like with these kids being so young, you give them, you know, <laughs> just every year they go, they get bigger and stronger and more confident, right? So every year that passes by, you just get more and more excited. It's like, you know, Connor McDavid five years ago to five years you know uh, later, uh, he, he looks like Wayne Gretzky out there. He's unbelievable, you know? So yeah, um, it's the same thing with, um, with Brat and, and Hughes, not to say that they're, you know, McDavid like, but um, they, they do have uh, a lot of skill. So that's, so, so just because you brought it up, do you think that Connor McDavid is, uh, if you were to, do you think Connor McDavid is the best hockey player you've ever seen? I, there's in no my, right in my right. lifetime, for there's sure, no right I, it's not even a question. I, you know, right. in my yeah. lifetime, he's he's the best hockey player I've ever seen, for sure. Yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I, I'm really happy with what I saw from Jesper Bratt last night, and um, it's like that's a guy that you just you talk about like edge work being important to you. I mean, that's his game, pretty much. He's a good stick handler too. He's a good puck handler. So it was really encouraging to see how dominant he was. Um, another guy who they said has come into camp and he's been in good shape and he looks rejuvenated is Andre Palat. And I thought Palat played really good too. He looks like the the thought of him being on a third line 
and the matchups and not only that is I think obviously Pot knows that he didn't have the year he wanted to have um, last year and he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that is okay with letting people down. You know what I mean? Like he sound, he seems like right. a guy that's been earned every single minute of ice time he's ever had in his life. And I, and I think he really doesn't want to disappoint a fan base who, you know, he's been, you know, he got overpaid and I think he's going to want to make it a point to be like, this is why they paid me what I did and I deserve to be here and I'm going to be a leader on this team. So he's come in lighter and I thought that he looked really good, really good last night. Um, did would you guys think of, of Pulaski? I loved his play. I loved his play last night. I loved his play in the playoffs last year. And you know, it, judging him last year with a groin injury is so hard. You know, it's it's not fair. We saw what he did in Tampa year after year after year. I mean, he was a playoff player, and he did it last year too. I mean, was it against the Rangers? He that's you know, right. Faked out oh, three, that three goal people. Was sick. That, that <laughs> that's was what, just that's like what I judge him on. <laughs> all grinding yeah. work and stuff like he he looked great. He looked great last night, and I think that this year he is going to he is going to look. Um, I think him on a third line with Halla and Mercer, that's going to be a hard line to play against. Like, how do you do your matchups? How do you match up against Nico, Timo, and and uh, Holtz, and then Jack and Brat and and Toffoli, and then you got to you got to put somebody out against those three guys. That's going to be that's going to be pretty tough. Not to mention Mike McLeod, who all of a sudden is looking like uh, <laughs> out of nowhere. It's like, what happened to him? Oh, what man. To him? Why? Because this is last year. He's unrestricted. Next year, all of a sudden, he's got the hands of like a surgeon. Yeah. Well, I don't think I don't think it has anything to do with the contract. I think he definitely gained a lot of confidence at, come after that playoff run that he had last year. Yeah. And I'm sure that's something that he wanted to like work off of and come into next season and work off of that playoff run last year. Mike McLeod was a fucking beast last night. Um, just carrying the puck through the neutral zone. It's always good to have somebody that can carry the puck, especially with the size that he has, bouncing off of people. I mean, the hands that he had on the goal. I mean, Kyle. Amazing. Kyle, I mean, is Mike McLeod could be the best fourth line center in the entire NHL. Is that it's crazy? Not, that's not even a crazy thing to say. <laughs> I think right? that is I think that is a very true statement. I mean, he's ridiculous. Truthfully, he's ridiculous. Um, not to mention he gets not to mention his faceoffs. You know, yeah, it's yeah. How you forget about he that. He's the top of the league. What was he top he can, five? Or he can like play that? in the middle six of of almost all the teams out there. You yeah, no? is he, that could play in the thir- he could play in the third line. I don't he, know. He, if he, he, third, he could play in the third line. line That's probably any team in the NHL without a doubt. But he's on our fourth, which is just makes him so much more dangerous. <laughs> Right, right. You know. Now, now it's funny. Now, who are going to be his wingers? This is something that I think, you know, we we assume that Foot was going to try to play for that for that winger spot, and it was going to be Foot, Bastion, McLeod. They went and they picked up Nosek, and they have Lazar. I thought Lazar looked like he was hard to play against, if nothing else. Um, Nosek's game is going to be very simple but he's going to grind it out and he's going to be very hard to play against foots is, a, is, a, um, he's not waiver exempt or he, 
he is waiver exempt. So meaning if they don't sign him, he is becomes just walks, free money yeah. to somebody he walks. That kid really needs to step it up if he wants a chance to to be signed and, and be be part of this the fourth line because I I don't think he's going to play on the third line. I thought Graham Clark had a shot to try to impress and try to make the team somewhere, and I I, I think he was okay, but he hasn't done enough in the prospect challenge. He hasn't done enough in camp. And he didn't look like he did enough in the game last night to really impress me and and warrant being kept um, on the opening night roster. What do you guys see, Kyle? What do you see the fourth line looking like? If, you, if you're drawing it up, how about this? You could give me what you would draw it up as or what you think it's going to be. Um, and then, Dad, you could follow up, Kyle, what you think your fourth line is going to look like. I think it's going to be uh, McLeod, Bastion, Lazar probably. I think that's probably what it's going to be. What I'd like to see is uh, is see um, maybe Thompson get thrown in there. I kind of like the kid, you know. I think he's decent. He had a good game um, last night. He had a good game last night, you know. I I like um, I like youth, <laughs> just straight up. Right. The younger, the better. They got drive, you know. Going to be. We need a fourth line that could basically be tough to play against. Lay the body and then buy time before one of our top three lines, which are, are maybe the best top three uh, lines in the NHL, can come out there and potentially score again? Is that what like a, a coach would be looking for? Like, here's the deal with the fourth line. Don't get scored against, four check, you know what I mean? Try to draw a penalty, play heavy, and that's all we need from you. We don't need you to score goals. We don't need you to do this. We don't need you to do that. Um or are they going to be like, yeah, we want to see players grow into another line? Like, like you said, like a Tice Thompson, he's somebody where if he was to grow or, or foot is another great example to where if their game ever decided to take another step, they could score some goals. But what do they lack as far as play away from the puck, off the puck, defensive game? Like, I don't know if that's how they got to where they are right now. I mean, what do you think, Dad? What do I think the lineup's going to be? I think the lineup's going to probably be McLeod, Bastion, and Lazar. Um, I would love to see, you know, I would love to see Foot in there, but I don't know that, you know, I don't know that they're going to do that. I think they they bought um, they bought Nusek in. He's a good penalty killer. He is, you know, tough to play against, like Lazar and Bastion. So I think that um, I think it's going to be hard for one of those young guys, Tice Thompson or Graham Clark or somebody like that, to actually crack crack this lineup. Yeah, like what is what is Foot I mean, really? Foot, to, I would love to see Foot because what Foot would he have to shot. do? He's to, a big kid. What would he what have, would to, he have do? to do? He would have to play at an NHL level. He'd have to play. He would have to play a heavy game and still be able to shoot the puck the way we know he can. Which is, you know, kind of, kind of the opposites. Um, well, so we're gonna, you know, this is what I kind of want is like the these these rosters moving forward. 
it's like I'm not going to want to see as much Jack Hughes, to be honest with you. I'm not going to want to see Nico Heischer, um play that much in the preseason because I want to see these other guys fight for positions to get a really good look at them, give them some serious time on the ice. We know what we have as far as our starting our guys that are all signed long-term, they have nothing to prove to us. You know, one of the things that kind of pissed me off last night in the Montreal game was Montreal was playing like they were in game seven of a playoff game. Like they were taking runs at Tyler Toffoli. It's like, dude, Tyler Toffoli was winning Stanley Cups when this scrub that was trying to take a run of him was on his mom's tick. I get it. There's people that are trying to make a team and make an impression and play physical and, and get themselves, you know, seen. But I do think that there's a level of professional courtesy when it comes to star players or people that have been in the league for, you know, veterans um, to maybe like pull up in a preseason game instead of trying to literally open ice hit somebody. I mean, how many open ice hits do you see in a regular season game nowadays? I, I thought that that was a little, I don't know, that was starting to get under my skin. I was just getting to the point where I was like, I just want to see them get out of the get out of this game. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. And I was afraid. I was worried when we got out to a four nothing lead on Philly. I figured for sure, you know, they're going to have to try and get scrappy. And the last thing you want to do was see somebody get hurt their first preseason game. It's like that's it's just a waste. And sitting those guys, like you said, you want them to play together. You want them to gel, but. You know, the most important thing is getting out of preseason without getting hurt. Um, and that, that's like a, you know, we could talk about our back end. I, I thought that Missiel has looked pretty good. He looked good in the prospect camp, and then I thought he looked pretty good last night. He has come over from Russia, and, um, you know, typical KHL didn't give him a lot of ice time because he was a rookie. But he's a face puncher. He's a tough. He's a tough dude. I mean, if if it's good to have him in the pipeline, like I think that he is somebody where you give him a you know let's give him two years in the AHL and see what he could develop into. Um, there may be an opportunity there. As far as the rest of the the flyer game go goes, um, I was really happy with what I saw out of Vitek Vanacek. I thought that Vitek looked really calm, right. really poised. And um, square to the puck, uh, you know this is a this is a subject that I definitely wanted to bring up with Kyle. And it's, what are your thoughts on? To me, I have a big question mark over Akira Schmidt. So I think Akira Schmidt has the potential to be incredible. I think he's very, um, you know, he's very uh, like minimalist in his movement, and he's very square to the puck, and he plays really smart employees game, which is typically what you love to see out of goaltenders. But he hasn't played enough games yet. What do you think the workload is going to look like percentage-wise between Vanacek and Schmid in the beginning of the season? Because I think they need to know before, let's say, January, whether those two are going to be the tandem that they're going to try to rock with going into the playoffs. And they need both of those guys, especially Schmid to get enough reps to know what they're dealing with, to see if he's somebody that they can rely on. What do you think the workload looks like between the two of those guys for, let's say the first half of the season? 
Well, you're- I think that I think the workload's probably going to go 60-40. I think that Akira Schmidt uh, is going to get you know forty percent of the starts. Um, you know he did he took a lot of shots last night. He definitely had um, he had um, more high you know high chance scoring against him. He didn't his Who? save percentage his save percentage was eight eight nine. Who are you talking about? I'm talking about Schmid. Um so they are gonna have to get a they are gonna have to get a good look at him because really who do we really have to fall back on? Do we have Kincaid to fall back on? He's probably the most experienced guy and he really he didn't get a lot of games last year. Um I have we're I gonna have any faith in Kincaid. I well, you know, I don't or that is that is the one question mark that we're gonna have this year is will our goaltending hold up? So we're gonna have to see a lot of Akira Schmidt in the beginning of the season. I don't think he I don't think they're gonna go fifty fifty with games, but I think they're gonna go sixty forty to get a, a better sample size to see if he could actually play. I th- you know, if it's me, I want to. I want to see a lot of Schmidt, a lot. Um, so you want to see more than more than B Tech. I think that if Schmidt comes out and looks as good as B Tech, that he, I would want to. I would play him more games. And no disrespect I, to V. And no, no disrespect not to at all. Not I, at all. I would I let. Agree. I would let B Tech know what was going on. I just, you know. I would you have to be certain about what your future is. This is the last year of Vitex contract. And I would like to know if this guy, if Vanage if um Schmid is gonna be my goalie moving forward, if he has the potential to be a starting goalie, this would be the time to do it. You know what I mean? Right, right. Because um, it is the last year of his contract. Yeah, that's what I just said. You said VTech. But anyway. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the last year of Vitek's contract. Like Vitek's the one that is going to want to get paid a lot of money, not Akira Schmidt. So they're going to have to make a decision: Are we going to have to re-sign Vanacek again and pay gotcha. him? Gotcha. Like, you know, are we going to have to pay him like a starting goalie, or are we going to say, well, we kind of have Akira Schmidt here. He's kind of played fifty percent of the games. His numbers look just as good as you. If you want too much money, we're just going to sign Schmidt to a low a low term. You know what I mean? Like that kind of does, doesn't give Vanacek any leverage. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So I think I th- to me, Vanacek's not going to get paid a ton of money regardless of what happens. He could have a great season. He's not going to get paid a lot of money. Vanacek, if what do you, what do you think? He's a four and a half, five million dollar goalie. Yeah, maybe, maybe if he takes the reins, you know, right. But he still hasn't played enough games to to warrant paying somebody that much money, and it's going to be a short term. I think they're not going to sign him for a long time. Right, it's too risky. So I no, think absolutely. so. I, I think they sh- I think they sign him if he plays well for like a two year deal for maybe four million bucks. But until then. That's that's the only question mark with the team this year. I mean, we well, know not, not we necessarily. Have, well, our you know our defense could definitely you know could definitely be 
be more experienced, but you know, we have the firepower. We could put up a lot of goals. Um, the defense is a big question got, mark. The defense is is a, a question mark. A big question mark, maybe. Uh, you know. Well, I'm saying you're just going to have a lot of youth on your back end, and then you who are. are you playing as your sixth defenseman? That's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a real tough one. Um, I really want to see. I can't wait till Thursday. I want to see. I want to see Nemitz play some more. So I want to see him play some more. I love how patient he is with the puck. He lets people get all around him. He plays a lot like Adam Fox. It's like he lets people get up. He's not nervous with the puck. He just moves it around. He's got great, you know, skating ability. He he he's he's a real can, deal. That boy can skate. Like he yeah. he is a nice skater. And he hangs on to the puck literally long enough to make me feel uncomfortable. And I was going to say the exact same thing. His patience, he, but you know he's not nervous. Right. Like uh, I saw like uh, you know, uh, you know Alexander Holtz get the puck in our defensive zone. It was sort of like a hot potato thing. Yeah, he flipped he it, he off bounced the it off the glass. Well, well, yeah, he was just – he was taking the safe – he was taking the safe road where – when you see Nemitz get the puck back there and he looks like he could be in trouble, he just slowly makes his way out of, he's not doing it slowly, but he looks very, very confident, not, not nervous getting it out of there. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, um, Hey buddy, welcome back. I'm back. Hey, I'm back. There you Sorry. are. It's got- totally geeked it. First time on the pod, he geeks oh, no, it. We're gonna, loser. Oh, we're going to edit it. It's going to be beautiful. You're going to love it. Okay, great, great. <laughs> um, we're, we're talking about, we're talking about um, our, our sixth defensive spot, and we're talking about Simone Nemitz, and I, I thought last night, you know, like I was saying, I was listening to this podcast, and they were talking about Holtz and whatnot, and, and then they also brought up Nemitz, and, and the one guy was saying, uh, you know, do, does he get to play another game in the preseason? He looked like he really didn't do anything last night oh and they just God. tried to move him. And like, wow, uh, and like, man, that's and these are, these are actually people that I actually really respect. And, and I, and I think do a good job covering the team. But to me, I thought that he, one of the things they were like, he played too reserved. And I, I could, I totally disagree. Like, and this is just an honest opinion. Like I thought he actually jumped into the play and, I thought he played pretty aggressive for a kid not wanting to make a mistake in his first real NHL game. Um, he had, you know, he had, he tried a between the legs pass, and he he just he does he holds on to the puck to where the normal instinctual hockey moment when a guy would get rid of the puck that everyone expects you to get rid of the puck he doesn't. And then it just opens up a whole new life to a play to where like, to me, that's very exciting because that's something that I feel like the speed that we have on our team could really take advantage of because it just lends itself to a lot of open ice. Um, I thought he played really good last night, to be honest with you. He really impressed me. And I thought that he played better than Colin Miller, if I'm being dead honest. And I don't want to be a homer and I don't want to be, everybody knows that I like Nemitz and, and that's fine. I'm, I'm, I would tell you the truth, and I do believe that it is an extremely, extremely slim chance that he makes the team based upon the amount of youth that we have on the back end. And I completely understand that they want somebody who 
can, you know, manage the sixth spot and, and has a little veteran experience and has been in different situations and you can put him out at the end of a game and he knows how to handle himself and how to close a game out. But if, if Nemitz comes out and plays and the next couple of games look the same way and Colin Miller looks the same way, Lindy Ruff is going to have a hard decision on his hands because I, I do believe that I, I was more impressed with Nemitz's play than I was Colin Miller's. Um, Kyle, what were your what were your thoughts on on Nemitz, and what were, what are your thoughts on that sixth defensive position? Um, I totally agree with you in regard to Nemitz. I think that he played very solid. He looked really good out there. Um, in regard to what you're saying about um, holding on to the puck, uh, you know, just a little bit longer, and it opens up this, you know, this new avenue of opportunity. Uh, I think Luke Hughes does the same thing. So it would be kind of really insane if we had not just one, but two, you know, guys on the, you know, on the six doing that, you know. Um, I think that we have enough talent offensively that we could try Nemitz in the beginning of the season and, you know, let him grow and see how it how he does. I mean, we did it with Holtz. So what's the difference? You, you know what I mean? Um, let Nemitz try it out and and see if he can grow into the position a little bit um, and see if we can capitalize on him being there and see if it opens up some new possibilities, some new goal scoring opportunities, whatever it may be, um, because I do think that he's he's solid. I think he played way better than Miller. And if I had to choose right now, gun to my head, I'm taking him 100%. Yeah, I, I thought he quarterbacked the power play pretty well. That was kind of exciting to see. Um, and he has this way of finding the guy on the ice that you're least expecting him to pass the puck to. Like, time and time again, that's what I've noticed when it comes to him. Um, so that 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 last defensive spot is definitely going to be uh, – is definitely going to be an interesting competition down the stretch – you wonder who they're going to play. Like that's what you don't. The only I just don't want him to be the seventh defenseman because you know he won't. He's be. still he while well, he's still getting used to the smaller ice. Uh, he won't know, be the seventh from, defenseman. He won't. He he will go well, down to AHL. He will definitely go down to the AHL. Right. And the reason that, that be, Holt, the that, reason that, that Holt, the reason Holtz did was the was in the press boxes for as long as he was was because they went on a winning streak. So right. like they can't change the lineup when you go on a 13 game winning streak. You know what I mean? Like that's, so I, I think they did mismanage him. I don't think they're going to do the same thing with Nemitz. And um, one of the things is, with him is he has the skating ability and he also has a size. So you're not worried about, well, let's give him another year to grow. He's already a, a big kid. Right. Um, and he's, and he's and like the, the biggest part of his game um, is he's, uh, he's a good skater, and he's smart. So, like those, are, those are the biggest things. If you're, if you're trying to protect a young player, being cerebral and having the feet to get to where you need to be are the two most important things. And having the size, he he kind of ha- he kind of like it really lends himself to him being able to play at a younger age. I think the Luke Hughes factor is what really. That's a lot of youth. That's a real lot of youth. It is having having you know, <laughs> it is. It, I, two I, rookies I, I, I and ball. Yeah. Right. So, and ball. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So 
uh, yeah, that's that's one thing. Um, you know, hey, Kyle, so we, we brought up and I had brought up in previous podcasts about how I was a fan of moving Mercer down to the third line and giving yeah, and giving Holtz a chance to play on the first line. And one of the reasons I think you could do this is, and, and my dad is a huge Mercer guy, and I think everybody who's a Devils fan is a huge Mercer guy. But the truth is, would you sacrifice one year or would you sac- – yeah, you know, of Mercer goals? If, if, if he's going to score, let's say, 22 goals this year instead of 30 goals like he scored last year, um, but the Devils – you know, are in the playoffs and make it to the second round. Does it really matter to anybody how many goals he scores? If we can put him on the third line this year, what will that do for his contract that is coming up next year to where we might be able to sign him long-term if he sacrifices a little bit of the, you know, the numbers on his, on the back of his card. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, I think that if we put him on the third line, he's going to do third line production, right? Uh, and that's only going to help us in the long run. We know what he's capable of. We know he's capable of top six. Uh, but if we put him on the third line, he does third line production. He takes a little bit of a cut and his numbers, um, and he signs long-term with us, which, I mean, let's just be honest, Fitzgerald's legit built a culture over there that not just the players, but all the fans have bought into it's like, listen, if you're down with the New Jersey Devils right now, then, you know, we're all playing the same and we're all getting paid the same pretty much, right? And so um, Fitzgerald's created this culture. Um, and uh, I think Mercer being on the third line will just help that culture along a little bit with everybody, you know, taking a pay cut and taking a stack cut because it's about the team. It's not about, um, you know, it's not about the eye. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I think Mercer is like such the guy that just wants to be a team player and would take a lower salary than everybody else. And if you put him on a third line oh, yeah. and, you know, he scores 23 goals this year and you offer him $5.5 million for the next eight years and then you can maneuver him around the lineup whenever you want. I mean, they could do that this year anyway, and I'm sure that they will, but um, – I, right, because we, there's no guarantee that we're going to have Toffoli next year either. He's in the last year, right? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I'm saying Mercer's a guy that you could play in your top nine. You can. He's a third-line player. Like, if you put him on the third line, he looks like a third-line player. He's a guy that grinds out pucks and goes into the corners and goes to the front of the net and does all the dirty work, back checks really hard. Um to where, yeah, there's there's no reason that the Devils can't play him on a third line this year, sign him to a little bit of a lower AAV, and then move him up into a second line or move him up into the first line right. next year. Um, or if it works out really great and him, Palat, and Halla have chemistry, which I, I can't imagine them not having chemistry, those the three of them are just workhorses. They're hard workers, yeah. Um, yeah they're all hard workers. Can you imagine that you're – you're an opposing team and you have just chased literally you just chased Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt around the ice for two minutes. And then, you know, he sure and is playing a 200 foot game and Timo, Timo Meyer is a bull driving to the net and you got Holtz letting the shot go. And then 
Palat and Halla and Mercer hop over the boards, it's like at some point you're you talk about wearing teams down. We wore teams down with our speed last year. That is seriously going to wear teams down to where, geez, our, our fourth line, that's what I'm saying. We might just need people to just physically dominate on, on the fourth line. But um, I like the matchup, and I like the thought of Heischer helping Holtz grow into a professional player playing with two guys that really lend themselves perfectly to Holtz's deficiencies, which is defensively um, and potentially getting us a better AAV on a long-term piece to hopefully a Stanley cup contender moving forward. And definitely like an incredible role player and somebody who's going to contribute a shit ton, especially when the playoffs come. For sure. We're building a dynasty. Are you still with it, Dad? Oh, I mean, yeah. are you still with Mercer playing on the third line? Because you, you gave I am me some okay. shit well, for I it. am okay with Mercer playing. <laughs> I am okay with Mercer playing on the I – told, I told you exactly how I feel. I am okay with him playing on the third line. I like to see him get, you know, top six minutes. But, you know, Holtz – if Holtz could come around and he winds up turning into, you know, that high draft pick that, that we drafted – it's like finding money in an old pair of pants and stuff. It's, you know, we kind of let up until last year, it wasn't working. Um, Ruff didn't think it was working. I would love to see him turn the corner, be successful. We know he's got a great shot. We know what he could, you know, what he's capable, what he has done in the past. That was your guy. That was the guy that you wanted the Devils to draft. He was the guy I was all in on. You were Raymond. I was Holtz. I, I, and then you, I and then remember. you, and then you were, then he was dead to you. Then he was dead to me. Right. <laughs> and you now he's you make a back. mistake, and I cut you off for life. And now he, and now he's, now he's wearing your graces. He's not wearing my graces. No, I where is him. he in your graces? Oh, in my graces right now. I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to take a really good look. I'm. I think that I think that we have enough firepower around where if he doesn't score, if he's not putting up a lot of points and he's not fitting in, I think that we have enough talent on the team where he doesn't hurt us. Could have, would have, should have, she did her. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. He set you up for it. Uh, I know. I know. <laughs> so so basically it's he better he better produce otherwise he's out well, of here. It, it's it's I'm saying the same thing that that basically everybody's uh, saying Gerald said and Ruff and everybody else is saying Yeah, it's, but I feel like show me your Yeah, so I, I, gonna... I I definitely feel like they're just the Ruff's comments recently I feel like they they have a bigger plan for him. I do. I hope so. I hope so. I hope that they they see something that that I'm not seeing one dude that kind of stuck out to me that I thought played a decent game. I don't think that there's a spot for him really, but I thought he did play pretty well was um, Chris Tierney. He was number 11 out there. Didn't even know he literally was just playing. I, I was like, who's number 11. So I had to go back and look, but I thought he played uh, pretty good. And he's somebody that would only play on a fourth line. And we have a pretty log jam of players at, at our, that are trying to get into that fourth line spot. I tell you what, Nate Bastian's got to get healthy, man. Like he is a guy yeah. that's dealt with some serious injuries. He had a 
I mean, he played all last year with a, with a shoulder injury and missed some time. And, you know, it's just like anything else. If you miss enough time and you give someone else an opportunity, someone might jump into that role. I mean, Kyle, do you think there's an opportunity to, where Nate Bastion isn't playing on the fourth line anymore? He's uh, a healthy scratch. I mean, he's got to be consistent in, in his play. And I don't mean um, – uh, with the puck, I mean, <laughs> he's got to be consistent in playing. Right. You know, he just – he's constantly hurt, and uh, he's a little soft out there. You know, he takes uh, – I think it was the last time he got injured. It was an upper body injury. Um, he was out in the beginning of the season. Remember last year we went, when we went on the, I don't know, 13-game stretch, whatever it was? Right. He was a big part of it in the beginning. Then he got hurt, um, and it changed things a little bit. So he's got to stay healthy if he wants to stay, uh, you know, you know, in that top, uh, yeah, that the, top the, the, te- the team's numbers are like through the roof when he's playing on the team compared to when they're not. And obviously, it's I, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I mean, it's some of it is obviously a coincidence, but <laughs> sure, not for nothing. <laughs> hey, but not for, a lot of it. <laughs> no, I don't think a lot of it is. I think, I think, I think some of it is because I, I think he did play a good role on the power play. He actually yeah, he plays good in front of the net. He does. He plays good in front of the net. And I think when our fourth line was humming, it made a big difference because for a large portion of the season last year, we didn't have a third line. And we needed the fourth line to do something because you can't just roll out two lines. You know what I mean? And there was a long time where Sharon Govich was you know, like slowly moving around the ice and Boquist was trying not to get hit. And it was like so these guys, they made, they took step forwards, no doubt about it, but we didn't have a real solid third line for a while and until they moved Halla down to the third line and took him off Jack's wing and played Halla and Palat. That's when we kind of established ourselves a third line. But um, I thought that the fourth line actually played pretty well when it was McLeod and Bastion and would unfortunately, but um, <laughs> but he wasn't doing anything. He wasn't doing anything, penalty, and that's so my point. Matter. They only had <laughs> that's my point. They only had two guys, and like that's another right. that's another right. thing too. Is like I'm I'm a big two guy on a line pairing, and then you could you can move people up and down one of the wings. Sure. Um, and so is Lindy Ruff. That's a big thing of his too. Um, you know, you know, like uh, we were talking like. Isn't it so nice going into this year that Tom Fitzgerald has kind of taken these controversial players that, you know, I was never really a Sharon Govich fan. I was, I'm not, I'm not a Brendan Smith fan. I, I'm not a Mackenzie, Bla- I'm not a Mackenzie, I'm not a Mackenzie Blackwood fan. And Fitzgerald took these pieces out of Ruff's, you know, cards and Pretty much everybody they throw over the boards at this point, I'll be rooting for and give. Not that I wasn't rooting for these other guys, but or Wood Wood was became unbearable for me to watch. And it's like sure. they don't. He doesn't have these pieces anymore to where he's going to take uh, a young player or somebody that we know can play better because maybe Wood or maybe Blackwood has more of a veteran. They've been here longer, has a more veteran presence. He's kind of taken them out of Ruff's hand, and and it it just to me, I mean. I don't know if hockey seasons get any more fun than they did last year for Devils fans. I said it time and time again. I thought that the Devils fan base was having the most fun out of any fan base in the NHL. I've never seen a mosh pit 
in a in a hockey game before until last year. That was interesting, and I've never seen you know ten thousand people throw their beers on the ice at the same time in a hockey game before. That was interesting. So the Dells fan base was really turned up last year, um, and but there were some times where I was like, you're playing Mackenzie Blackwood versus the Bruins while we're trying to win the division. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, Oh, and I feel like this year we're not going to have to deal with that. Like this year is going to be nice. We're going to have all the players, you know, all right, you don't want to play VTech and you want to play Schmidt or you don't want to play uh, Lazar in the fourth line. And you want to try to play Tice Thompson and you want to play foot. Like these are all decisions that I think the three of us or devil's fans in general will be like, all right, like, let's give it a go. Let's see how he does it. Right. You know who I was? You know who I was surprised that didn't play last night was Seamus Casey. He's he's in college. Yeah. So he's he's not playing. No, he's not. All right. Um. Obviously, Keith Kincaid gets injured. The emoji man gets injured. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and he's a guy that is signed. He's signed to. Um, so like he got traded from who did he come over from? He was signed to like an AHL team to where he won't even go down to the devils. He he'll go to the the AHL team that owns him. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. It works for us actually. I mean, um, because you'd like to see Dawes and Brennan still getting the starts down, right, down right. there. And, um, uh, but, um, I mean, we have to we have to finish this on Jack Hughes, right? Absolutely. I mean, you look Kyle, like a magician, Kyle. You, he's, Kyle, he's you, just, you, you go, female. you go first. What the hell were we watching with Jack Hughes last night? It literally looked like he was public skating or playing in an open hockey league where it was us out there, and he was just skating around like. <laughs> He looked like he no, wasn't you actually even come from a hockey background. You come from a hockey background and you he, played hockey and you know, I've never played hockey um as an athlete and that's what it really looked like. It looked like him versus people that have never even skated before. That's how um that's how ridiculous he is. He's really really impressive and he's really exciting to watch and um I'm just I just hope the kid stays healthy throughout the whole year. If he does, we're just we're going to be unstoppable. Just he's our Connor McDavid, you know. He really is. He's yeah. I, I think that he's going to score uh, probably uh, you know fifty goals this year. I think that he's going to have a hundred and twenty five points Woo. at least. Ooh, I, I know like that's that. A, I know that's a take. I know that's a that's a, that's a pickle take. <laughs> that's a pickle take. As a as a podcast listener, I know. Uh, you know, your dad's always talking about the rose, the rose-colored glasses, and every time he brings it up, I laugh because I'm the same way. You know, and it was funny because when we went to that game together um, in the playoffs, we were all talking about um, that Ranger game before the game started. We're like, "Oh, what's the score going to yeah. be?" And everyone was like, two, one, one, nothing. It's going to be, and me and him were both like four, nothing, five, yeah, one, four, seven one. to one. Like, yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, you guys are assholes. You know, like, literally what happened? We crushed it. We won four, nothing, you know, we did. We so, did. Uh, so, yeah, I just think, uh, I think Jack Hughes is going to be uh, an amazing, an amazing player for us this year. He, you know, what was amazing about that? Just, to, you know, the, the one pass to, 
to Dawson Mercer was he went through two guys' legs and he dished the puck so slowly yeah. that I probably could have broke it up, but he must have put it in such a perfect spot that nobody was able to touch that. It it was Yeah, he was, he handcuffed everybody with it. Yeah, it was yeah. it was definitely it was special. Well he went was he went end touch. to end and then like did like a loop around and then came right. through and then just like toyed with everybody. It was it was incredible. He almost had a hat trick last night because um, he had two, right? No, I think he only had one, didn't he? No, I think he had two. I, th- I thought he did. Um, he had one goal and two assists. He had three points. Oh, yeah. That, the one go- the assist should have counted as a goal. Like, it was that No, it was that, absolutely. It was, it was that <laughs> Mercer just had to be there. Yeah. Um, but he had a dress. You, and he you know what it goal. is with him? I mean, obviously, Jack is a very cocky and confident kid. And I think after what he did last year, and I think the attention that's come to him, and I think, you know, being nominated for – he was nominated for MVP and this and that, I think – it really has not gone to his head, but really propelled him into a different status and a different level of stardom that I think he's prepared and has wanted to handle for a very long time. And I I really, um, I take a two-way game very serious and and I like players that are responsible in all ends of the ice. I, I, I don't think true hockey players are supposed to play in one third of the ice. I think it's important to to be responsible in your own zone because if you, if you're scoring two goals and you're letting up three goals, it doesn't matter how many goals you score. And I think as the season progressed last year, you got to see a real maturity of Jack Hughes and the way that he handled himself and the way that he played the game. And I thought that he really committed to playing a more well-rounded, um, respectable hockey's player, you know, type of game to where he's right. not just one dimensional and, and, that's hard to do. Like that's not something that's easy to do because um, it takes a lot of effort. It takes, you know, a lot of bumps and bruises come along with that. But what it does is it, it lifts the rest of your team up and it makes everybody else on the team um, feel obligated to, to put their nose in there and to do the dirty work and to go into the hard places of the ice. And um, I'm really I'm really excited to see what Jack Hughes could do this year because I think he just has like the most important thing that any athlete can have is confidence. And right. I mean, you can be the best, literally you can be the best athlete in the world. Like how many times have you seen an NFL corner who can completely dominate to where they won't throw the ball to his side of the field. And literally, I mean, he'll have like five passes, you know, against him an entire season and he has that confidence. And then one year he loses that confidence and they'll pick him apart. Like they'll throw at him. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's, that's a confidence thing. The guy did not get that much slower or anything. Um, And I, and I think that that is what we're, we're witnessing right now with Jack Hughes. He just, the swagger looked insane and he, you figure if you get the swagger of him and now Timo and Nico's taking another step, Jesper Bratt looked unreal. I mean, Simone Nemitz plays with a ton of swag. Luke Hughes plays with swag. Not only are we like opening ourselves up for possibly the next dynasty or the next, you know, greatest NHL team, but we're the funnest NHL team. 
Oh yeah. And that is so important. (laughs) That is so important. Like when it's fun to watch your games, like it makes all the difference in the world. And it's like, uh, like look at the Islanders. The Islanders can make the playoffs and it's like, you want to, you want to slit your throat watching their games. It is the worst, most boring thing ever. Um, it's, it's going to be, dude, I'm so glad that you got season tickets because we're going to be, yeah, we're going to be hanging out. I mean, our sections are right next to one another. We're going to be hanging out during intermissions and everything. And you're going to get, we're going to get to experience like such a fun, cool team who all of our fans have been waiting such a long time for to, to enjoy. And, uh, and we're going to be there every night for it. So it's all we've never had it we've never had we've, it like we've this. never had it like it's this is right like, it's, it's never been like this dude it's, it's it's always you know when we were good before when we were dynasty before we weren't necessarily fun to watch <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's why they made you know the trap and uh you know where they were playing the trap and it's why they made uh uh you know the the rule with marty and the trapezoid it's like we were the most boring team in the nhl everyone hated us so now uh we are the most dynamic team and it is fun. Yeah. Awesome. Device. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be really cool. One thing that does like concern me a little bit is just there's so much hype around the devils and everything. Like I hope I'm just, it's like, I hope they can, you know, they're going to live up to you it. You got to believe. I do. You got to believe. I can't see, <laughs> I can't see, I can't see there being too much hype around them with all the talent that we have. I mean, it's not hype. I mean, we have the players. I know, but it is are, hype. Are I'm just saying, a, like, uh, I mean, it's like, you know, the Edmonton Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're like great teams, but they can't, they can't win. You know what I mean? Like, you have to win at some point, too. And it's like, all right, we're getting into this window now. And, like, I don't necessarily expect the Devils to win the Stanley Cup this year. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. It absolutely could. But, um, but. You think they win the division? I don't know. I, I actually like I I'm I th- I don't think the Devils' record will be as good as it will be as it was last year. I remember a couple of episodes ago you guys discussed. This. Yeah, I, I just think that I think it's very you know it's just very. And your dad said they're going to score more points than they did last year, and you just like no. Yeah, no. no I mean, yeah. he says crazy stuff. He, he thinks Luke Hughes is going to have more. Luke Hughes is going to put it up seventy five this year, <laughs> but but he, but he doesn't five points. He, but he doesn't think Connor more Bedard than will. Seventy four last year, but he doesn't think Connor Bedard can. I don't I mean, think Connor Bedard can because he doesn't have he doesn't have the you know the the people behind him. He's got. He's playing on a really bad team. He's playing on a terrible team. He's gonna. He's going to be. You know. This is just going to be the podcast. This is just going to be the podcast. We're just going to fight about Connor Bedard. We can do that. We can do that. I'll do it all day long. Okay. And every episode that happens, like he's going to come in the next episode and be like, "Oh, we had a hat trick. What do you think now, Dad? You know, do you believe it? No, he's he's good. He's, oh he's well, he had a hat trick playing against nobody. He's so. dead to yeah. me. <laughs> what about Logan? I wanted, to, uh, I wanted to tell you, or or just get your real quick opinion, because this is what I would like. What I'm going to end myself with. Um, so you know, I'm sitting in bed. I'll throw some FanDuel futures in every season before the season starts. It's just something that I do. And so uh, I've got two. You got the number one and number two. Uh, 
place winners in each division. Mm. Right? Yep. So here's mine. And let me see if you agree. Okay. Okay. Coming from the Metro, I have Devils one, of course, and I have the Hurricanes two. Do you have to? Do you have to pick them? Yes. You have to pick them exact. Yes, you have to pick them exact, and you parlay it. Okay. Right. It gives you the exact odds. So, like you know, the Devils one and Carolina two is plus seven hundred. Okay. Right. And so I parlayed all of them. All right. So number two uh, is the Pacific Division. I have the Oilers finishing first and the Knights finishing second. Okay. Okay. And then I have. Uh, the Central Division, I have the Avalanche finishing first and the Stars finishing second, right? Mm-hmm. And then in the Atlantic, I have the Panthers finishing first, and this is a crazy no. one, but, and the Sabres finishing second. No, 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 I, no, no. I do, think, I do think that the Sabres are going to be very, very good this year. Yeah, I think the Sabres are going to be this last year's Devils. I agree. Um, so, but... I don't think that the Florida Panthers are going to be that good this year. You don't? I do not. So I, okay. I, I think that Toronto is going to win that division. I just see them choking like they do every year. But, they, but maybe but, I'll just but, throw in. I'll throw in another one just and I'll change it with Toronto. I'll do the same thing. But because here's they choke, they choke in the they choke in the playoffs, though. They do. They yeah, play they really good in the regular season. So winning the division. Yeah. Yeah. I so, would, I would, um, my, this is, I'm going, if I'm doing that, I'm going mm-hmm. Carolina, Jersey, and then I'm right. going Toronto, Tampa, mm-hmm. Colorado, and Dallas to me is a coin flip. And then, Ed, and then Edmonton, Vegas, which I already had. So the way I had it, obviously, uh, Buffalo increases the odds on that sure. specific duo sure. like tenfold. It's plus 4,800. So when you parlay it all together, ready? It's $50 to win. How much you think? Oh, geez. It's got to be a lot. I'm stating it on the I'm yeah. stating it publicly right here oh, on the pod. You know, that's what we're rooting for this hey, year. Kyle, and, Kyle, that <laughs> stuff could happen. That could you stuff never, could happen. Listen, it's worth the fifty dollars for me. Okay. It's not bad. Oh man. Last year before the season started, I tried to get Billy and his brother. And I said, why don't the three of us just throw, I mean, the odds, the Devils finished, you know, with their worst record ever the year before. I said, why don't we just throw a hundred bucks in each and have them to win the cup? And sure enough, man, they're, they did, they didn't make it past the first round of the playoffs. But what I'm saying is they finished (laughs) with the third most points in the entire league. So. Well, there's all kinds of futures if you want to go back on there before the season. Yeah, starts. yeah. Well, yeah. well, that's something. Yeah. That's something that we'll probably do before the season starts. Is we're gonna do. There's gonna be um, a couple of new segments that we're gonna add to the to the podcast. Um, not a gambling one, but we. I am. <laughs> I am gonna pick some futures because I. I do like. Oh, yeah. I do like Buffalo. I think it's at like 90 points for them to score this season, uh, which I really like, and I kind of like. Uh, I said I, I like Heiskanen and I like Darlene for for Norris. I would put a couple for bucks Norris, on them. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a couple, and I like Dallas. I like some Dallas prop bets too. 
Uh, I am going to do this thing, and it's going to be called um, Sills Weekly Enemies. And every week, we're going to talk about the up- upcoming games, and we're going to pick one player from the upcoming games that the Devils need to watch out for. Um, and uh, hold on. Our true enemy has yet to reveal himself. And, we, and, we'll, <laughs> and we'll see who our true enemies are, who are, have yet to reveal themselves, and we'll do a little player profile on them to where people that we think, you know, it's not always going to be the best player on the team. Sometimes it could be like a dirty player, like a Watson or, or, a, or a Reeves or something like that. And then other times yeah. it could. It could be don't let Cal McCarr beat you or, you know, don't let Nathan McKinnon take over a game. Um, and it'll just kind of give a little insight into some of the other players around the league that whether I'm fond of them or, or – and give Devils fans a point of view from my eyes and my father's eyes and whoever else is on the podcast about who they think the Devils need to take care of and keep their eye out for on the other on the opposing teams in the upcoming week. So uh, that'll be something fun that we could do. But, yeah, we're definitely going to have some kind of prop thing that's going to come up prior to uh season starting so all you degenerates can get your bets in and um <laughs> yeah then hopefully uh win a couple bucks but um kyle thanks for uh ha- coming on to the show buddy and i'm looking forward yeah, to catching- man, I had a great time yeah i'm looking forward to catching games with you this season and um oh i can't wait it's gonna be awesome wait. are you hitting any yeah. preseason games or now i'm not going any preseason yeah my first game either. will be the home opener and i will uh I'm going to take it very serious. I'm going to get there very early. <laughs> do some well, I'll be making and... eggs in the parking lot that day. Well, I'll, so. I'll be eating your eggs. Uh, yeah. My, da- my dad will be ma- making mimosas in the parking lot. He likes to get, he's very, very um, thorough and likes to get there very early prior to games with lots of tickets. Um, so <laughs> just in case I lose one, I have to have a backup and then yeah, right. back up to the back. And then Saturday we're going to the game too, or uh, Friday we're, we're going to the game too. And uh, we got the whole family. So we got uh age and the kids are coming out and my dad and then nice. my dad's going to the game on Monday as well before he flies back to Florida. So um sweet. Pretty sweet way for the Devils to start their season off at home. Uh you know, three games in, in five nights. Uh and hopefully it'll get them out uh, to a hot start, which I think is important. Um and because they always say that by American Thanksgiving you could tell who's gonna make the playoffs and who isn't. So uh, hopefully the Devils get out of this preseason healthy. Um, these next upcoming games are going to be able to tell a lot, whether it's our sixth defenseman, whether it's our fourth line, um, the way Nemitz looks, the way Holtz looks. So there's a lot to look forward to um, in the next week or two. We have a whole season of Devils hockey in front of us. Uh, Devils have the Rangers Thursday at the Garden. As soon as we find out the um, the lineups, I'll keep you guys posted on Twitter. Make sure you check out the thetrappodcast.com. Hit subscribe, all that's good stuff. Comment, show some love. Um, And we'll be back to you later this week. In the meantime, you have been listening to Bill Botch, Phil Senior, and the buddy Carl Marcel. And this is the Trap Podcast. Have a great night. Peace.